AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com this podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Fighting Cup Podcast. I'm joined on the line by Harry Brooks. How you doing, mate? I'm really well, thank you, mate. Thanks for having me on. I'm a big fan, so uh, no, looking forward to it. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Harry, uh, the reason why we're doing this podcast is because um, you, you put out a series of tweets last week uh, just sort of breaking down the, the first team squad and uh, giving your opinions on it. And, and I've got to say, Harry, when I was, I was reading them, I was like, how can we not win every trophy that we ever enter <laughs> afterwards? I, I feel like there might, might have been a bit of club bias in there, Harry. Is that true? To be honest, honestly, no. Um, I'm a football coach and I, I train professionals and academy players and I've always been completely neutral since I've been working in the professional game because I kind of have to be. Um, and I was told that you should have, a couple of years ago, that you should try and sort of grow more of a profile online. Um, so I had like, I don't know, like 300 Twitter followers at a time yeah. or something. And I thought, yeah, okay, well, I'm a Spurs fan. I have certain opinions about certain players. Um, so why don't I do a thread? And it just kind of blew up weirdly. Um, and I've got like a thousand followers in like a day, weird, weirdly. Um, but it was when Spurs weren't quite uh, as good as they are now um, in terms of how many good players they have. 
And when I sort of do this analysis, um, I'm not really a fan of people completely digging out players online um, because, you know, you see a lot of people um, criticise players and say they're rubbish. Well, well, they're not rubbish. They're playing in the Premier League. So I want, to talk, I want to talk about that. I want to talk yeah, about what, um, what fans say and what's, what the reality is. But sorry, carry on. But I'm happy to sort of like say what players are perhaps strengths are and certain styles. So I'm happy to say that what a player could be better at and sort of try to use my coach's eye yeah, um, and say why I think maybe they could be better in that area. So I won't ever, ever dig out any player online purely because it would be unprofessional and my job is to sort of work with players and clubs. Um, and also because most of the stuff you read online in terms of when people dig play is out is just not true. It's not true. Um, it's not an easy thing being a good footballer, let alone a footballer in the Premier League. So <laughs> I tried to do it completely neutral. Um, and it just so happens that right now Spurs have some really good players. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And you're a Spurs fan? I am indeed, yeah. Cool. Uh, so Harry, uh, before we, we move on in, in, in this discussion and talk about our squad and maybe Jose Mourinho's tactics and whatnot, uh, and, and bear in mind, I, I don't know what the audience of the Fighting Cock how learned they are in terms of football. I'm, I'm presuming probably they're here for less, less football and, and more banter. But um, we are all, all, all Spurs fans and we are interested in what goes on in the pitch. But to get sure. get an idea or for our for audience to get an idea about what you know, you, you make your money out of football, right? You, 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 yeah. you, you've got a, a business that is about training professional and amateur footballers, um, yeah. which is... It's it's amazing that you've been able to do that. But what what sort of level did you play at beforehand? And and, and uh, was you on the like? Did you play at a level where you thought uh, maybe I could make a career out of this? And then at some point you had to realise that that, that weren't going to happen. Or, or was this always your trajectory that you wanted to do what you do now? Honestly, I never played that high level of football. Um, I recently um, stopped playing, and it was a very short time I was there for a semi-pro team because um, I literally didn't have the time to do it. But that was the highest level, and that was only the last few months. Um, before that, I was just a normal grassroots player. Um, it's one of my biggest annoyances when um, people seem to think that to understand football or to be able to coach good players, you have to play to the game to a high level yourself. It's a lot of nonsense. It, some of the yeah. best coaches, it's a lot of nonsense. If you know football, you know football. Um, and what you'll often find is sometimes better players can be worse coaches because they seem to think they know more than others. And they um, they can't accept that maybe a player can't do what you could do, um, or you know they rely on you know oh well I'll play to this level so therefore I know more than you. Yeah. No, not true. Um, so yeah, I, I I've been a coach for a long time now. So I'm only 26, but I've been coaching since 15 years old, and I kind of knew that was what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't start coaching high level players straight away. You can't. You have to get experience. Um, so you know I really early stages of like, you know, coaching uh, a grassroots team and um, at sc after school clubs, etc. Yeah. And then um, I met someone called Richard Webster who runs Round World, which is this company here. Um, I now work for them full time. Um, and then, so that's like the independent academy that trains grassroots players, plays games against professional academies. You know, over the recent years, we played Bayern Munich, Man United, Liverpool, Spurs, etc. And pushes players into those clubs. And then me and him have a project together on the side of that called the Royals. And that's where we train the pros and academy players and stuff. So I've been doing that kind of stuff for a good four or five years now. Okay, fair enough. Um, so um, you mentioned before we started talking that you, you've been involved with Stephen Bergwijn even before he joined Tottenham. No, it was when he, it was just after he joined Tottenham. Right, okay. so, so basically for the Royals, um, me and Richard, we can do all of the sort of like the, the pitch work in terms of like on the ball and stuff like that and analysis and scouting. Um, but when you're training pros and academy players, um, they require different things. And it's important, we think, to do the best job we can to have people that are experts in their field. So whilst we know a bit about strength and well, we know enough about strength and conditioning to do a good session, we're not experts. And if you are working with someone like Stephen Bergwijn, he needs an expert. So um, our strength and conditioning coach um, for the Royals is a guy called Ronnie Chowie who is from Holland, and he's been Bergwijn's strength and conditioning trainer for a good number of years now, as well as other Dutch footballers. And it just so happens um, that, obviously, when Bergwijn joined Tottenham, um, Ronnie flew over, trained Bergwijn. We were part of the session. I didn't coach him. I can't claim to have coached him yet, but we were part of the session. Uh, we would have coached him by now, but obviously, Corona um, yep. 
put a delay to that. And obviously the ridiculous schedule um, that the players have at the moment means that there's no literally no time to do outside work for yeah. him at the moment. So, so um, sorry, sorry to cut you. So, so, no, so, it, yeah, so yeah. players are um, out, outside of their, their, their training with their football club under Jose Mourinho at Tottenham. Yeah. Players are also um, doing training outside of that. Yeah, you'll be surprised how many players do extra work. Um, pretty much most, I say most, most academy players I know now do extra work. Um, professional, it's a little bit harder. There isn't always that time. Um, but yeah, you people would be surprised at how many um, players nowadays do extra work on the outside. Even if it's sort of like, you know, even on the road, at, still at the club um, afterwards. But generally speaking, most players do extra work aside from the team training, which you have to be yeah. at. Which makes complete sense when you think about it, because let's say you do play for Tottenham Hotspur. Generally speaking, you'll have three games a week. You know, you'll have um, two games of the weekend, a uh, game of the weekend, then the next weekend, maybe a midweek game. So, training has to be centred towards recovery, match preparation, uh, team cohesion, things like that, tactical training. Um, th- there isn't the time for players to necessarily do the individual work that they need to elevate themselves to the next level. So when are they going to do that? They're going to take it upon themselves to do that. Um, and yeah, a lot more players are doing it nowadays. Um, they often keep it secret because they either don't want the club knowing or the club don't want to get in out, etc. But to be honest, clubs don't really have an issue with it as long as you know if you get if you as long as you're performing on the weekends, then yeah, d- that's all they care about. Doesn't it show like a dedication from the player that they want to improve their craft and in, in, improve their yeah, in, individual uh, performance? Massively, the, the, the worry from the club comes from, you know, if, if the player overdoes it, gets injured. But you've got to trust the player to know what they're doing. You know, if you're a player, a player, players can get criticised um, for being, you know, quite silly and like quite robots and stuff. But they know what they need to do. They know how they need to train. They know if they can do more and if they should do more, especially at a pro level. Yeah. Um, so clubs can get nervous. When it's younger academy kids, that can be a bit different because... They're not yet really in charge of their career. A professional footballer, Stephen Bergwijn or whoever you want to label, is in charge of his career. He knows what's too much and what isn't too much. So um, clubs get nervous about injuries and stuff like that. Um, but generally speaking, they're delighted because they're doing work that, well, if they, even if they don't say they're delighted, I guarantee you they are because yeah. they're doing extra work to make themselves a better player. Well, if you think of Harry Kane, how you know, as you said in, in your in your thread of tweets, and if you want to follow Harry. What, what what is your Twitter? Just so we get that in early, so that people who are listening. I think it. Uh, people always ask me, so I never know. I think HB, it's HB underscore head coach. I've got is it right. right? It is HB underscore head coach. There you go. Got there it you right. Go. Got it right. Wonderful. Uh, and and yeah yeah you you kind of um, it's it's a case of uh, uh, the, this thread that that we've been looking at is it, mm. is about you breaking down um, these players and and it does seem like wholly positive. It does. It, it seems almost like that we have the best squad in the world. How how trust? How everyone. good is this squad, Harry? I mean, what do you think as someone who knows so much more than I do about the game? Uh, well, first of all, that's just just because I work with pros. Honestly, it's not true. There's a lot of fans out there and uh, analysts that um, don't necessarily um, work in the game, but know a lot more than people that do work in the game. That I can guarantee you. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you meet in, when you work in the game, you meet a lot of people that you're like, oh my god, you're very lucky that football exists because if football didn't exist, you wouldn't be able to function in normal life. That kind of level. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of that in the game. Um, but <laughs> I suppose the point to make is that um, there are, of course, negatives about players that I just chose not to put out because again it's not my place to slag players off on Twitter especially if I'm a professional if I'm working with players it's not my place Um, but I will happily sort of say where they need to improve and what they need to work on but to answer your question yes Spurs' squad is incredibly strong it's an incredibly strong squad Um, it's incredibly underrated it's one of the best in Europe no question it's one of the best in Europe if you're looking at the calibre of player now again like who knows what Gareth Bale we're getting. I personally think we're going to get a very good Gareth Bale. It won't be the same Gareth Bale that we saw when he was at Tottenham, when, you know, open the legs and go. Mm. Um, But as the best players ever do, as they get older, they can adapt their game and still be at the top and still be a really high-level footballer. So, you know, if you just look across the squad, it's probably probably obvious where maybe there's weaker or in terms of depth, 
you'd argue centre-back in terms of depth isn't what it could be. Uh, but you look across the squad, it's like, and maybe we could do with another holding midfielder, but I'm a big fan of Skip, and I think that, OK, it's a bit risky with Hoiberg, just him at the moment, but let Skip have come back into the fold because I think he'd be a good player. Well, what, yeah, um, yeah. Tell, tell, tell us about Skip because from, from, from my perspective, again, like, and, and this is why it's interesting to talk to someone who... who, who and, I, and I know that's quite a humble thing for you to say, Harry, about, um, you know, there are people outside the game who, who understand it, but you, you have to be in amongst it all the time to really understand these players. Yeah. And yeah, I've yeah. made I've, I've I've made comments about Harry, um, sorry about uh, Oliver Skip, a few times saying mm. he's not really he's never going to be there. Also in 2011 said that Harry Kane would never make it with Tottenham. <laughs> it happened, mate. And honestly, if you, Harry Kane that trajectory shouldn't have happened. Harry Kane has forced himself to have that. He was a very good player, but he's forced himself to have this. That's down to Harry Kane. So. That would have been a reasonable thing to say. No one saw this coming. Well, I lost, I lost my way a bit earlier when we were talking about, but, but as, as we were talking about Harry Kane and training and, and yeah. going above and beyond what the club would demand of, a, of one of their professionals, it seems that Harry Kane has made not only the most of his potential, he's, he's almost doubled what people conceived his potential yeah. to be. Yeah. If you look at when Harry Kane um, trains in terms of finishing, it's like a radar every single one like an arrow into the net into the net into the same part of the net same part of the net left foot right foot again and again and again almost like and he's not even thinking about it he's just doing it like muscle memory that only comes from again and again and again because if you look at he was always a very very good goal scorer but when he first broke through he wasn't the level of the finisher that he is now in terms of being able to hit the ball that hard that accurately and that kind of trajectory because I remember a really good one um do you remember the game when we played against Sunderland years ago when I think he scored his first Premier League goal and we won 5 1? Um, I don't know I can't say I do that. actually remember that game. But... Yeah, it was, it was Harry Kane's first Premier League goal for Spurs, um, or in general, obviously. And um, I remember in one, of the, in one of the goals that Adebayor scored, Harry Kane had approached the box at an angle, and it's when you open your, foot, open your hips up and your body and you curl it far corner. And he tried to do it and it went straight down the keeper's throat and it went through the keeper's legs and Adebayor scored a tap-in. Now, if Harry Kane's in that same position, 100%, unless a freak happens, that ball is going straight in the bottom corner or straight to where he wants it to go. That's a man that has worked on these finishes again and again and again over years, months, whatever, um, to the point where it's just not even thinking about it. It's there. It's done. He know the, the, the brain, the muscles have worked out the movements um, and it's just there. You, like, you just learn how to do it, and when, he does it again and again and again. Harry, when when he's in, when he's when he's playing, and he gets into the box. Do you yeah. think he's thinking about the game at all, or is it all second nature? It it, it's, it it completely depends. If he he's one of those players where he can rely on instinct and with time to think. Some players has to be purely instinct, uh, where the decisions kind of made for you. Um, Lucas Mora. Um, other players um, prefer when there's a lot of time to think. Other players can do both. Harry Kane can do both. So it'd be one of those things where, let's say he's in the box and it's very tight. He's thinking, but he doesn't know he's thinking. So that goal he scored against Crystal Palace last year, the last game of the season, when touch bang. Yes. He's thinking, but it's so quick, he doesn't realise his thought. His brain just naturally knows what to do in that situation and his, and his, and his muscles and his legs, and they carry it through. Um, so he's thinking, but it's 100 miles an hour. Um, it's instinct um, but he's also as we've seen someone that's very much capable of when there is time to okay I've got to look up I can look up I can see the picture I can also make a correct decision um, in, in your Twitter thread you say he's the best uh, striker in, in the world yeah is that if you remove your Tottenham hat what what, what makes you say that because there's some great strikers obviously they're always going to be Lewandowski in my opinion would be the best but what makes you think that Kane is the best? There's one thing that Lewandowski has over Kane, and that's that Lewandowski never seems to get injured, which is a huge part of being a footballer. But I'm not going to use that against Kane because Kane isn't injury prone. Kane is individual injuries that are like impact and freak injuries. They just, it's just bad luck. It's not like. Say, so he hasn't got weak ankles? You don't think he's got weak ankles? No, I don't. No, I really don't. If you look at when he saw his ankles injuries, his ankle was completely given way. Yeah. That would, anybody's ankle would, or most people's ankle would like go with you look at the injuries he's had. Yeah. It's not like, it's like a surprise when you look at the images of his ankle after those injuries. His ankle's done that. Yeah. So, 
Uh, yeah, um, no, I don't think he has got weak angles. Maybe they're a bit weaker. I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not in biochemistry. I don't quite know if they are slightly weaker. But you know, it, it, it did make me laugh. You saw a lot of people uh, on the outside sort of going, "He's finished. He's slower. He can't run the same levels." And like, no, you're just you're not basing that on anything other than what are you basing it on? Um, you know, look, look, you know, they were they were worried about he's not getting into goal scoring opportunities. Yeah, the team for a while was a disaster, not creating chances. Yeah, He wasn't giving him shots in the box. All of a sudden, he's had a bit of a rest because of corona. The team's in a good form and he's, his form is absurdly good. So, do, you think, do you think this is the best Harry Kane we've seen? It, it, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think so. I mean, oh, it's hard. The one where he broke the... the when, he, when he was the, the highest goal scorer, I think in 2007 calendar year, yeah. outscored Messi and Ronaldo. It's hard to say it was better than then because that was outrageous, but... I think it's I think it's absurd how he's still got the same level of goal scoring, but he's also doing everything else as well. And well, I think people are starting to appreciate that. He's always done that. Maybe not as much as now, but um, it's absurd what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, a friend of the podcast, Wendy, uh, yeah. he has the extra inch and they, they talk about this stuff in depth. And, you know, if you want to, if you're enjoying this kind of chat, then the extra inch is, is definitely a pod, pod for you. Yeah. But. But um, Wendy always talked about Harry Kane being able to play in as a 10 or a 9. He's mm. equally good in both. And what you're seeing now, and I want to come on to Jose Mourinho and what he's done tactically to improve Kane's game. But what we're seeing now is 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 exactly what Wendy said many, many years ago. That that this that he can his vision and his passing ability means that he could play anywhere in, along that front line. Obviously, it has to be centrally because that's where he's gonna, you're going to get the most benefit. But... Yeah. What, like, does the idea of Harry Kane dropping, of us playing a four-three-three with Harry Kane dropping into, uh, into the ten and and Bow and and Son being available as a runner, does that excite you? Is that something that we should be looking forward to, or is it just something that that we've created that might not happen? How can you not be excited by it? It's like how are you su- how are you supposed to defend against that Tottenham team if you sit back like Newcastle did? Okay, you've got superb strikers from range that can score goals you've got players that can play through the eye of a needle and find ridiculous passing angles like a Dombele you've got a, a dribblers um, and you've and, and people people criticise Mourinho for like not having a, a structure in terms of attack it's not true he does um, but we'll get on to that but then if you choose to, to press high against Tottenham look what's happened already so far this season you've got Kane that can feed passes in behind um I look at the, I look at the, the the Tottenham squad in terms of an attacking sense, and the amount of variety that it has in terms of how you can score goals. There's no there's no squad in the league actually that has as much variety to their attack as Tottenham do, um, or the possibilities to score goals. Um, other teams that like, for example, I'm I'm a fan of Arteta so far, but if you're looking about how Arsenal playing, it's very methodical, it's very much like pattern based, and it's like. They have to score a certain type of goal, otherwise they probably won't create chances. Spurs right now, they'll create chances in numerous ways. How many different kinds of goals have Tottenham scored this season already? It's it's so many different kinds of ways they've scored. Um, so no, I I I think that the attack and the the way that Spurs are going to attack is very exciting, and I think that the fans are well within their right to be excited by it. Uh, so so let's talk about Jose Mourinho and what he's done with Kane, in your opinion. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this or you can answer this because I haven't prepared this question for you, so apologies. But <laughs> but if 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 Harry Kane isn't the best uh, in the best form that he has been under Spurs and he and he's done incredible things at Tottenham, what what, what do you think Jose Mourinho has done to, to to at least get him to the standard that he's at? It, has he has his game changed at all, or is this just a natural progression in his career? What, has Jose Mourinho improved Harry Kane? Do you think? I don't think he's improved him. I think that Harry Kane is kind of just improved himself to the point. That's probably not fair to say. Yes, you can always like learn every day, and I'm sure, obviously Mourinho has told Harry Kane some things that he's learned and stuff, etc. But I just think that um, the team and the setup that Mourinho has got right now has allowed Kane to to show what he's amazing at. And obviously, the prolonged break did help because he was he was playing way too much football. Um, so the prolonged break has helped Harry Kane. Um, but the, I think the team just lends itself right now. And the way Mourinho is using Kane lends itself to get the best out of Harry because he can drop and has people like Son flying in behind him. 
Um, but he can also still get on the end of things as well. It's not like he's just turned into a playmaker. He's still getting on the end of um, moves as well. So I just think that the way the team is set up right now lends itself perfectly to Harry Kane. But also Harry Kane is one of those players, you put him in any team in any setup, his mentality is that I will do what I, I'll do the best that I can do. I'll make sure that my standards never, ever drop. So you put Harry Kane in any team in the league and Harry Kane will still be fantastic. Yeah. He'll make sure that he, because his standard, and that is quite, that isn't that common in football. You know, you have players and stuff that if it doesn't quite work out for them and it's not set up how they like it, that they don't get the best of themselves or some of them sulk even, etc. For Harry Kane, any team, any system, he'll make it work because Harry Kane won't allow his standards to drop and also he's that good. Do you think, so, do you think yeah, go, Harry Kane might be... Are, are, like If he breaks Greaves's record, then there's mm-hmm. no question. But even if he doesn't, might he be the very best striker that we've ever seen at the club? He's certainly the best I've ever seen at the club, yeah. Oh, definitely. for sure, yeah, for sure. And I, it's hard I, to I comment mean, on, on... It's hard to comment. I mean, and, and the game has changed, obviously, a lot. Um, I mean, the ball is still round, so it hasn't changed as much as some people think, yeah. but it has changed a lot. My, my, um, dad, my dad says that Harry Kane is, is the best. The best striker we've yeah. seen, and he, he watched us win the, the league the, the league cup double in '61. He says Harry Kane is the best. There you go, there you go. So that, that that says it all. You know, I mean, everyone talks about. I mean, the, the goals as a goal scorer and as a player as well. You hear how people talk about Greavesy and how good he was. People that watched him, uh, played with him, uh, whatever, and how they talk about him. So for people to say that Kane might be better than him is. Very high acclaim. <laughs> crazy, absolutely crazy. I want to move on to a, a, a tweet in, in, in your in, in your thread, and, and again, if um, if anyone wants to follow Harry, they should because the the Twitter account is really really interesting. And uh, somebody who works in the game has made money out of it. That's you know that that's important to say because a lot of people say that they work in football, but you have to be able to put a roof above your head in order to to really yeah. work in football right yeah um, no, i appreciate so that at hb underscore head coach anyway in this thread that you've done about all of the spurs players um mm. lucas mora was the one that that came out because uh, what what sort of uh was was most illuminated out of all of the character uh, all of the players that you talked about because he divides opinion massively i've always really rated him i always i enjoy what he brings to the team and think he's uh lacking in some areas but fundamentally a positive impact on our first team. Uh, you said always 100% engaged, uh, intensely physical and mentally, uh, p- powerful and direct and best when he doesn't have the decision to make, has mastered the whip shot across the goal finish, superb in the air and his positivity alongside power and ball striking ability is a huge plus. So Lucas Moore divides opinion. If you listen to fans, there are some fans who think he shouldn't be anywhere near the, near the first mm. team. And there are others that think, actually, you know, he has a role to play. I don't think anyone says he's a groundbreaker or, um, yeah. you know, the best player in the squad. But if you was the manager of Tottenham, Harry, would would he be in your thinking? Yeah, 100%. Of course he would. It's, look, people underestimate how important it is to have players that are always at their maximum physically and mentally, intensity-wise. Um, always engaged, no matter what. It's so important. It sounds really basic, but like running power, intensity, it's vital. Look at Liverpool last year and the year before. Just hammering down teams. The midfield doesn't have, you know, if you look at the midfield like Henderson, Wijnaldum and Fabinho, not much creativity there at all. But they just overrun teams. They're always mentally engaged. Their levels, they never lower their standards in terms put, of how they put, apply themselves. You wouldn't put their, that free, the, the, those three players in a top uh, league eleven, in, uh, in, not in terms of in themselves ability individually, exactly. No. But, but they have other attributes that, that people that and sometimes go under 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 underestimated or uh, unseen. Yeah, and if I mean one of my favourite players ever is Tank in Dombly because I love how he plays. But if you look at how he played last, how he was last year, everyone saw the talent. But whether it was he physically couldn't or mentally whatever, I don't know the reasons. Um, you can see it wasn't hundred percent all the time. So he couldn't play in the team because you can't play in a, a, a league as intense as the Premier League and not be engaged 100% of the time physically and mentally. Lucas Moura always is. And that does make things happen. Um, would he be in my best starting eleven after we signed Bell? No, he wouldn't. And that's OK. But is he? I think he's a really important part of the squad. Really important. Mm. Um, 
And, you know, it's not a coincidence that he's often come up with really important and telling moments. Obviously, the biggest moment in Spurs' recent history. There's a reason he'd done that. And for me, I've said it before, actually. For me, again, it sounds like I'm a real Spurs fan like here, and I'm really not, but I can't think of ever a better performance from a player than that. Yeah. Because if you take everything into context, they were 3-0 down with 45 minutes of the two legs to go. So they played three quarters of the two legs. Away from home, zero idea. There was nothing about that team at that moment that that you could hang on to and think they're going to score this way or they might get back into it this way. They had to get three goals in a stadium that's bubbling in, in the biggest cup competition, club cup competition in the world, yeah. semi-final. And yet he's come up with three goals with his weaker foot out of nothing. That's... <laughs> It's outrageous how good that is. It's it's like, so rare. It's so rare. It's incredible. And that was and he forced that. He was like, I'll do this. I'll take charge. I'll get us through this. You can see, by the way, you got the you can see that was how he scored the goals. It wasn't like cute delicate. It was like, I'll do it. I'll, put, yeah. I'll trust me, guys, I'll do it. Graf. And he done it. And you can't underestimate those players. They're so important for a squad. If you can have a player like that that is part of your squad, that's a massive asset. A massive asset. Imagine, imagine, just make it simple. Imagine that, like, you know, you've worn a team out for 70 minutes. You've got a left back that's tired. And then you've got him coming on. That's not going to stop going at you. That's not going to stop pressing you. Isn't going to stop trying to get in behind you again and again. Just the, the mental, the mentality of that left back then is like, oh, Jesus. It, and you can't underestimate that, you know. So he plays a huge part of the squad. That's, that's, that's a massive thing, Harry, that... Uh, that I think fans don't understand the mentality of the game. We can't yeah. really because we're not talking to these players. We don't know what they're like mentally. We don't know the impact. All we want as fans is to see them playing the best that they can possibly play. And yeah. the problem that that that, that expectation um, creates is is that when they're not, people just think, well, they're not. They don't give a shit, or they're they're not good enough. They shouldn't be at our football club. Yeah. And the reality yeah. is, uh, uh, well, I'm asking you what the reality is. What, how, how important is is mentality, uh, and um, and and how much does that figure into training in getting getting into the right mind space? Do you, do you have any opinions on that at all? It's everything, honestly. It's everything. When I was growing up, wanting to be a footballer, um, I always used to say this quite a lot to people. It was like when I was growing up, wanting to be a footballer. You know, like people would interview footballers, and um, they would ask, "What would you?" They would ask a footballer, "What would you say to young players nowadays trying to make it?" And they'd always say the same thing. Work hard, never give up. Always be the hardest worker. Platitudes. Right. And as and as a youngster, I was always like, well, yeah, obviously. Can you not tell me more? Is there not some yeah, like... What does that mean? Is there not some secret ingredient that you've done <laughs> that I don't know? Like, you know, <laughs> you know? Obviously, you've got to work hard and always be the hardest worker. And it's only when you're actually in this environment, working with these players, that you realise, actually, no, that is it. That is it. It is your mentality, how you approach everything. You only need a slight drop-off and you'll just drop. You'll drop completely or you'll drop levels after levels. You can elevate yourself to the most... You can elevate yourself to Harry... Like Harry Kane elevated himself to being, for me, the best striker in the world. Mm. Purely for mentality. Of course he had talent. Of course you have to have talent and ability. It's your mentality that determines how far you take your career. So if you use Paul Pogba right now as the example... Talent-wise, for me, there's no better midfielder in the world in what he can do with a football. And even like, just if you're looking at the all-round package of like technique, passing, shooting, dribbling, power, athleticism, Pogba is just like built in a factory. It's, and his and his, his creativity. But, and yes, he's done incredible things. But he's allowed himself to drop to these kind of levels when... And that's not that shouldn't be allowed. You shouldn't do that. You know, you're you're this good. You should never have a season or half a season when you're like you dropped your levels. Well, you shouldn't. When Spurs played Man United and obviously we slapped them, it didn't look like we were playing against an elite midfielder at all. And and I think a, a lot of a lot of the the focus went on their shambolic defence. Um, yeah. But 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 Pogba did, and uh, you know, with, with Pogba and Fernandez in midfield you'd think that they would have been able to influence the game more than they could. And if you can bear that, if, if you ask any fan out there, if they said if you could have Pogba, uh, Pogba and, um, and uh, Fernandez 
they'd take them over Lo Celso and Hoybier. But the reality yeah. is that because the, the, the mindset was correct in, in the Tottenham midfield, and it seems that they're all on board, that we, we completely dominated them. Well, it wasn't it, Lo Celso, was, it was Ndombele, but Yeah. I was speaking to my colleague um, before the game, um, just talking about the game, just whatever, over lunch or something. And uh, I said to him, if they play, um, if they, if they, because they bought Van der Beek, Van der Beek, sorry. And I'm like, right, well, how does he fit in? Because he should start. He's a really good player. He should start. He's not a squad player, really. No. Um, so if they, and there were some suggestions that they were going to play Van der Beek this season as a six and then Pogba and Fernandes ahead of him. And I was saying to my colleague, like, if I'm playing against a midfield, I'm running all over that. If you if you play Hoiberg, Sissoko and the Celso against those three, they're running all over you. They might not be as good on FIFA or as good at, at football in the traditional sense as those three. Yeah. But that's not always part of it. Look at, again, like we said earlier, the Liverpool midfield. Like Sissoko but, like covering ground. Of course it is. Like you in football, goals and running ability and running intensity for me are the two main things to look for. How are you going to score goals? And how are you going to get as many intense runners in your team? Um, because you can just, you can swarm teams. And as long as there's ways to score, you can win any game of football. People talk about building out, like fixing the defence first and starting from the back. For me, I don't actually agree with that. I think that you look to get the goals first. They're the hardest things to find. So let's get that covered. Um, and then back yourself to just organise a team. But yeah, like, it sounds really old-fashioned, and you, you know, but if you don't run, don't expect results. If you don't play at your hundred percent maximum, don't expect results. Simple as. We, no matter how good you are. Do you remember, do you remember uh, Pochettino's early days? How many um, we were out sprinting, out out running almost every team in the league. Yep. And it's yep. only when when that intensity started to wear off, where perhaps the messages weren't getting through to the players in the same way that it would, that they were able to motivate them previously. That the sprints and the and the and, and the distance covered by individual players started to, to wane somewhat, um, but we well, were at our best when we were covering ground. Right? Yeah, I think people. I think a lot of the time um, people try to overanalyze football and overcomplicate it. Um, let's say, for example, use a game against uh, Man United as an example. Now, if you don't track Ndombele or even Sissoko or whoever, or and you don't press them, and you give them that space and for them to do what you want eventually, whether it's the first time or the second time, they're going to punish you. They're going to punish you. They're, pro- if you they're, receive, they're professional footballers at the top of the game. Of course they are. They're going to end up punishing you at some point. Spurs punished them six times. Because again and more. again, could have been more, should have been more. Lack of pressure on the ball, lack of defensive organisation. It's like it's almost like you say, well, go on then, I'll give it a go, we'll see if you score. Whereas when you get the ball, Spurs run to you straight away. Now you have a challenge. Now you've got to compete to do something good. That's makes your that makes it a lot harder, obviously, because you know you, you can't just like if we, if Spurs gave Pogba and Fernandez that space to do what they want, they would have punished Spurs. They would have done it. It worked out that they gave Spurs the the, the opportunities to do it. And yes, there was obviously tactical elements where Mourinho um, outwitted Solskjaer for want of a better phrase. Um, that can happen any time. But it doesn't matter how bad the setup from Solskjaer was or how good the setup from Mourinho was. You're Man United. You're not allowed to lose 6-1. The players can stop that. doesn't matter how bad the tactics are. Losing 6-1, that bad of a scoreline, that's on the players. You can stop that. doesn't matter how bad the tactics are. You can stop yourself from losing 6-1. Even just out of pride, you can stop yourself from doing that. Because to play for Man United, even though they're a bit of a mess, you have to be an outstanding footballer. Mm. You, you're not allowed to lose 6-1 if you're Man United. You're not. And they did. They did indeed. Um... I want to I want to ask your opinion of of what you and you, and you alluded to earlier about people outside the game game can know what they're talking about and that was you know it's, that's quite like a pragmatic response and and I appreciate it as someone who talks into a microphone for a living <laughs> clearly doesn't know what other people know in the game um I've 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 been in stadiums lots lots of times stadia lots of times I've watched Spurs yep. play Probably over a thousand times live in my life, maybe. Um, there are some fucking idiots out there who think yeah. they know a lot about football. Um, what What is your opinion, in probably more pragmatic terms than I've just expressed, uh, about about how fans see the game and, and what they demand of their players? And just... Actually, I've got another question 
just to follow this, but what's your response yeah. to, to that? Um, everyone's allowed an opinion. They are. Uh, um, I think often it's just a lot of the time it is coming from an idea of like, you don't really know what you're talking about, to be honest. Like, I can't really say any more than that. It's like, so all right, let me give you an example. So Sissoko yeah. is as divided opinion. People love him. Um, yeah. it, Sissoko is Sissoko growing up the kid who can do everything in the playground. Is that no. it? so? So 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 when people criticise Sissoko, saying he ain't good enough or he's he, he's no mm. good, is that a fair assessment? No, because oh, well, actually, no. If you say he's not good enough for Tottenham, of course yeah, you're allowed to do that, but have reasons behind it. Don't just say, oh, he's shit, or, oh, he's amazing. Well, hang on, well, he's obviously not shit. Sorry, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Of course, of course, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, he's obviously not. He's obviously a very, very good player in yep. his own way. But if you don't like him, that's fine. He's not your cup of tea. You don't have to think he's good enough for Tottenham. There's players that have played for Tottenham that I maybe don't think are good enough. That's okay. But say why. What, 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 does, he, what does he do really well, Harry? What, 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 Soko? Yeah. Um, in transitions, he's incredible. What does that like, mean? What does that mean? So transition is when, obviously, let's say, for example, you win the ball, how quickly you transition into attack. When you lose the ball, how quickly you transition into defence. So both in um, both ways, he's very, very useful. He's fantastic. You look at the middle third of the pitch, he's really good there. It's his, it's his uh, composure and decision-making in the final third that isn't there, and that's not going to come. And that's fine. That's not his game, but that will never come. Um, and it's also maybe his lack of... Um, positional discipline which is why he can never play as a six because there were some people that were saying he could play as a six he's not cute enough and soft enough and good enough on the ball what's, and he's what's, not positionally so disciplined what's the role a of a six what, so for people that don't know what, what, it, what completely would a six de- it completely depends on who you are so like for example a Declan Rice six will play a very different kind of six to say a Sergio Busquets because they're asked with different things yeah. um, but generally speaking a six is like you know the one that's covering the screening the defence Hoybier um, Hoybier yeah Hoybier versus um, Man United not Hoybier versus Everton. Um, so um, the six, and again, like a six will play different things different, very different ways. So Hoybier plays the six very, very differently to Declan Rice. Um, and managers will ask different things um, because everyone sees the game in their way and everyone wants different things from their team. But for me, he can never be that player that's disciplined, asking to stay in a certain zone. Sissoko has to be able to go up and down, track runners, cover players, that's why it was often played when Aurier's there. Because Aurier will charge forward. Sarko's brilliant at covering him and being disciplined in that sense. There's a reason why the Champs always used to pick him for France. Yeah. Always. It wasn't because he was amazing with the ball. Yeah, that was amazing that he kept getting into that side. Always. What, and there's a reason why Giroud keeps playing for France, whether you agree with it or not. They perform really important roles for what the manager wants. Yeah. So uh, the temptation for Tottenham, I think, for most fans, is to see Hoybier. Uh, and Don Belie Celso and then Bale, Son, Kane. Of course, and that's my temptation as well. <laughs> and we want to see it, but and you is, do want that, to see it. Does that function but, as a as a first eleven? Well, put it this way: if you then have those six, and then you also have Reguilon and Doherty that fly forward, that's very risky. Too it's much. very risky, and it, it, it's arguably too much. And people say Mourinho's pragmatic. Mourinho's just like, how are we going to win? If Mourinho thought that winning would be, let's send everyone forward. Of course, he'd do it, like any manager would. Yeah. Um, but if, we're be, if, we, if we've got our logical hats on, does that make sense, having that, that well, many this players is, forward? This is it. Like, Harry, as fans, mate, we're, like, and you are a fan, obviously, but you, know, you, you, you think about football in a different way. In my opinion, that's mm. our best, best 11. Those are our yeah. best 11 players. Yeah. Let them play and see what happens. I think what happens is the reality sets in within 10, 15 minutes where you realise, shit, even this very average attacking team is starting to open us up because yeah. there's no cover anywhere. And also you've got to remember, it's, it's fine as fans to say this, like, your job's not on the line. <laughs> no, you, you, no, can't no. Loo- you can't lose games. Put it this way. Is there a, let's say, let's say you play, well, we kind of know the answer because of the result, but let's say you play Hoiberg and Dombley, but Sissoko, and then Bell Kane, son. Are you still? Is there still enough there to score goals and create chances? Yes. Yeah, of course you are. You're going to kill teams. Yeah. But you've also got to make sure that you are secure and you've got players that can cover the ball because it doesn't matter who you play, especially in the Premier League. Anybody can beat anyone. There's going to be times when a team can attack, and we spoke earlier about 
if you give any player enough chances, they'll do something. It's the same thing for Tottenham. If Tottenham keep allowing other teams to hit them, four versus three, four versus two, whatever, they'll score as well. Yeah, of course. It's going to happen. They're, they're, and they're, then all of a sudden, elite if, footballers, all of them. Of course they are. And if they if they get a goal ahead, and then that smaller team or whatever is saying, "Oh, we've got something to protect now. Now let's put two banks of four, ten men behind the ball." Now that's very difficult to break down. Every team in world football might struggle to break that down. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Even Man City finds it hard. Because if you're breaking 10 people that are in front of you that are organised and know what they're doing, that's tough for anyone. Do, really do, tough for anyone. Because that, that's one part of, that I get frustrated with fans um, when they, they get, they, they, they're screwing at us be, uh, being unable to break down a team who's playing mm. really sensible defensive football. They're not yeah. being pulled out of position. They're not making mistakes. Professional footballers who played the game over many many years coached under uh, being by being coached by some of the very best the premier league's ever seen should be difficult to break down it should be difficult for for any team to score goals yeah. but then you walk away from a game that we may have drawn newcastle isn't a great example because we could have had four or five in the first half but there are there've been many games over the years even under pochettino against harry redknapp uh, tottenham and against jose Mourinho's tottenham is that we've walked away from the game either drawn or, or a narrow win and people have been unhappy because yeah. we haven't been able to break down what is, you know, uh, eight players in the in the midfield and defence or, or sometimes five in the in, in the defence or midfield and we haven't been able to break them down because they're f- professional footballers who really know the game really well. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do, is that ever frustrating when you, you see those comments? Yeah, no one has a divine right to win a game of football. No. Like no one has a divine right. Why they they like anything can happen. Sometimes they'll win. Sometimes they'll draw. Sometimes you'll win. That's it, why I hate Burnley so much because they're so good at it. Or they have yeah, they're really I'll, good at it. I yeah. want them out of the league. I hate it. <laughs> it's just so it's, good at fucking defending. It it's a me game off. of football. There's two teams. How boring would it be if everything happened all the time as it's supposed to? It, yeah, that's not football. It's not realistic, and that's why it's arguably the best game in the world because it's the most unpredictable game in the world. Anything can and will happen. You know, you don't have a right to win a game. You'll come up against a team nowadays that do have a really good day and they'll get it right and you won't quite get it right. And yeah. that's fine. That's allowed to happen. Obviously, the better teams have the better players. They get it right a lot more often than not. And it's about the bigger picture always. So Spurs could lose against... Is it West Ham that we've got next? Yeah, West Ham in the league, yeah. They could lose that. Doesn't mean we're shit. No. Doesn't mean we're a disaster. And it doesn't don't, mean don't... West Ham are, are better than us. Yeah. In the same way that, you know, you can have a bad run of games. It happens. It's football. Obviously, the best teams are the more consistent teams. Um, you know, Liverpool last year and the last two years or three years even, their levels of consistency is incredible. But as you can see, you only need a slight drop off in terms of whatever reason, mentally, physically, whatever. And then a result like Aston Villa can happen. I mean, yes, it is a freak, but... You know, you only need a slight drop off, and then that could happen. It's football. It's 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 um it's two teams, eleven players, and that's that. Harry, I've got a couple of questions before we finish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is this has been fascinating. Thanks again, mate. No, um, thank you. Uh, the the first question is, do you remember when Harry read? Um, sorry, Harry Kane said when we were about to play Newport County in what was it, League Cup or FA Cup a couple of seasons mm-hmm. ago, and he said these players could have been any of us. The fact that they're playing in League Two or whatever it was, yeah. that, that 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 all of them, all of them had the potential to to reach the levels that that the, the Tottenham Hotspur squad had reached, is that true? Do you think that at some stage there there is a level of opportunity, or um, or or, or, a, or a manager that gets you, or or um, a teammates that you work well with, that if they have had all those things that Harry Kane had in that wonderful development squad that we had with Winks, uh, Tom mm. Carroll and Townsend and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the, all, all the players we had uh, uh, it, that helped yeah, yeah. F- form K- uh, Kane into the player he is. It, it, was that true that, 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 that Newport, there may have been some players in the Newport County side that could have had much better careers than, than, than they had. Is that a fair thing to say? 100%. 100%. There are so many tangibles in football. Um, the margins are so fine. It's incredible how fine the margins are. Um, we're working with, uh, you know, academy players and players that are almost there. And it's like, 
say, for example, let's say an Arsenal under 23 or a Spurs under 23, Man United, whoever you want to pick at, mm. you're so close. But that, that last push is the biggest push. And it's the biggest one to get over in terms of are you an actually pro? I mean, you've got a pro contract and you might have made one appearance. You're a pro when you have a proper pro career. Yeah. And, you know, as you said earlier about, you know, working in football, you've got a roof over your head, etc. You're a proper pro career. Um, now, in terms of getting to the elite levels, of course, there is there is a there is a everyone has a ceiling, and there is obviously in terms of talent, and obviously there are not everybody can go on and be the Messi and the Ronaldo etc. Yeah, yeah. So there's a ceiling in terms of how much you can your talent will allow you to reach. You can outweigh that, and you can put you can break through that if you've got a mindset like Harry Kane. But Harry Kane, let's not forget, still a seriously talented footballer that was doing very well for Spurs youth sides. Yeah. Very well. So he's not a he's not just a player that's built himself from nothing. He was yeah. a very good footballer. But he's elevated himself to the level he has. Um and there are so many times in football. There are players right now that are at these big clubs, under twenty threes, maybe even made an appearance, and they won't even play League Two. There are players right now that are on non league and they'll play in the Premier League. Is so many tangibles, it's it's scary. Um how many different things come into the factor of you making it as a footballer, but you need, but people need to appreciate that the the the, the margins are so fine. Yeah, you know, you 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 go to any power league or goals you'll see great in the country, you'll see he's a player, he's a player, he's a player. You know, I could pick, I could pick a sixteen-year-old at that can do more of the football than a Premier League footballer, perhaps, but it doesn't mean they're going to be a footballer but they can maybe train with that player and it won't be made much of a difference. But there will, of course, be those little 1% here and there. And, of course, the tangibles, they all add up. Um, you know, so, for example, like, let's say you have a Premier League footballer. I don't know. I mean, I'm just making these percentages up. Let's say that let's say that Harry Kane is a 90% footballer, what he yeah. can be or whatever. You can have a League 2 player that will be like an 85%. That looks really close, but... It's that it's so big that five percent. Yeah, it's so yeah. big. Yeah, John yeah. Terry, we 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 we're really good friends with an agency who used to look after John Terry. And when John Terry and he told us a story, when John, John Terry never told me this, but the agent who used to look after John Terry um, told me that when John Terry was making it, trying to make it, he wasn't the best. He wasn't the best. He wasn't even the best defender in his age group. But he was looking around at other players' train, and he was adding these one percent here and there. Can I make my passing one percent better? Can I make myself 1% fitter? Can I make myself 1% quicker? Can I look at his diet and make myself 1%, you know, improve my diet by 1%? And all of a sudden, those little 1%, add them all together, adds up to quite a lot. Yeah, 5%, 5%, tiny, that 5% missing that you mentioned earlier. Right, and it's those tiny margins that are so important that can often be the, 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 bridge, um, the bridge between you playing Premier League or you playing no level of football. Because mm. people forget that even non-league football, very high standard of football. Oh, so pe- I, people I, misunderstand. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I uh, there, there's a couple of things. Like I used to, there's, there's, I was okay, right? I was a decent footballer in my school. Mm. I made the school team, right? Yeah. And there's, you know, in terms of a, you know, year group of three hundred of uh, or two hundred boys, because I went to an all boys school, Highbury Grove, mm. um, to make the best twenty. You had to be able to play a little bit, yeah. But I got onto the pitch and I was lost, mate. I don't, right. I, and, and I've played, uh, I've played uh, eleven side football in, uh, in the last four or five years. I haven't played for a while, four or five years. And every time I get onto an eleven side pitch, I'm lost. I don't understand the game. I don't <laughs> understand it. I don't yeah. have any pitch IQ, right? I don't know where yeah. to be, and I, I, I don't know where, how, how to take advantage of opportunities. I'm, I'm rubbish, essentially. I can, right. <laughs> I can pass a ball in a straight line, but I don't understand the game of football. I can be honest and, and say that. When I was 13, 14, I played for my school team, and we were playing a team called St. Aloysius. Who are, yeah. uh, do you know St. Aloysius? So they yeah, had yeah. J- Joe Cole at, at, at the same time. And I played a, a half a football with Joe Cole, against Joe Cole, they beat us 13-2. I think yeah. he bagged 11 or 12 goals. Our manager yeah. had to ask for him to be taken off the pitch in order for it to be fair. I will yeah. say that the second half we won 4-3. <laughs> but it didn't count. Like he, There was, you know, like Anthony Joshua talks about there being levels. There being levels yeah. to this shit, right? He yeah. was so far and above. He shouldn't yeah. have even been on the pitch. 
it was yeah. it was that 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 um, that evident. Uh, and the other one, but probably more interesting, is a, a player called Leon Bell who played for Barnet, mm-hmm. and he um, we'd play in the playground. He, I, th- I think he signed for them a couple of years after leaving school. And he was just le- level, just again, like so much better than all yeah. of us. And yeah. just looked at him, you're thinking, how is he doing this? Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know, I've got lost in my own sort of lovely uh, sort of uh, <laughs> memories. But it, it, yeah, the, these these people are, for some reason... I think saying how Joe Cole was so good, but obviously also Bell was so good, but the level in the terms of the career was like that. But a they're massive, still a really huge. high level, Bell is still a really high level footballer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I want to fin- finish by asking um, about what your expectations are because as a fan, you can just dream. I can dream. We've got Jose Mourinho. We've signed all these players. Gareth Bale's home. What more? We, we, I mean, we're going to win the league, obviously. But as someone who reads football, how, how, do you, do you, are you able to separate your um, your understanding of the game and just enjoying it? And if so, what what can we achieve this season? Uh, um, when you when you yeah, go and watch Spurs at White Lane, do you do you, you do you lose yourself in the game, or are you watching the position? No, I can't. I can't watch as a fan. I find it impossible. It doesn't yeah. matter what game of football I watch. I'm always analysing it. Yeah, it's like yeah. a sickness. It's yeah. like an illness. It's like I can't. <laughs> I can't. Like the ball will be down there, and I'm looking at the, the fucking centre back over there, saying, "What's he? What, like, what's he doing? Why is he? Why is he not further up?" It's, and do, do, like, you, do you sometimes see mistakes before they're happening that lead to goals? You see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck yeah, that. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like, and it's like, oh, it's coming. Here, here it comes, here it comes. And it's like, usually you can see it when like, you you know, I get that feeling with Arsenal quite a lot actually right now. You can see when they're passing out the back right now and it's so, they have to do it. And it's like, it's coming, it's coming. And sometimes you get away with it. Other yeah. times you'll be like, yeah, you've lost it and it's gone. You can see with the, the goal that Man United, um, the, the, the um, is it Kane's first yeah. Kane's first goal against Man last week? You yeah, the third the third goal. Yeah, you it was mad what they were it. doing. Madness. You could see it. It's like you're just asking for trouble. It's going to happen. You know, but it's going to happen. Is that the manager saying to him, "You have to play this way. You've got to do it." Yeah, There's no what, other that, choice. That, that, that's on Solskjaer. That's on Solskjaer. So it's, players, so players it, are, if he would have pumped it long, yeah, would that would he have been? Would, would they have said like, "What are you doing? That's not the way we trained." Or yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, sorry. I don't understand because you're asking players that aren't amazing to play out from the back to play out from the back. You can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah. So, uh, that's fine. You, you you benefit me in other ways. Man United just sold their best centre-back, Chris Smalling, in terms of a defender. Yeah. He was their best centre-back. He can't play out the back the same way other players can, but he can defend properly. It probably okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's it. In terms of what Spurs can achieve, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I think it's it's impossible for anyone to call the league right now because it is so bizarre. It's mad. With with the preseason, the way it happens, Corona, etc. It's a mess, and no fans is a huge thing. Um, it's impossible to predict right now. Uh, now are, you, are you optimistic? Yeah, I am. Now, in terms of how far Spurs can do, can Spurs win the league? They honestly can, but a lot of that is dependent on Liverpool for me, and. Let's say, for example, in a month's time that this Aston Villa result wasn't a blip and that they have dropped their intensity. Because I was saying in the pre-season, in pre-season when you are Klopp and Guardiola and you are managing high-level clubs, it's so intense mentally and physically. It's exhausting for themselves and for the players. Eventually, you, it, it, it can be just so exhausting. Because especially like Liverpool, they've achieved everything now. Now, a, it, a mental fatigue. Yeah. And it, when it's so intense all the time, at that high level, always expecting to be the best and demanding and pushing and working, you only need a slight drop-off for it to go tits up. It happened yeah. with Klopp at Dortmund in his last season. That's right. He didn't turn into a bad manager. They didn't turn into a bad team. They just couldn't do anymore. It couldn't take it anymore. It had to, it had to end. It happened with Pochettino at Tottenham. It couldn't go in anymore. Just mentally and physically exhausted. Had enough. You can't fit. He couldn't. It couldn't last. He had to go. Um, if you're looking at the timeline, that can definitely be happening to Liverpool and Man City right now. It's been a long time with those two managers at those clubs. Mm. Now again, if that was a blip, and Liverpool are still at that level, they'll win the league comfortably. They will win the league comfortably. But if they have had that drop off, if they have, 
and Man City have. Of course Spurs can win the league. Of course mm. they can. They've got freshness. They've still got... An, they've got... They look like they, they have a direction as well. It's not like there's a whole bunch of new players that are learning to play with each other. It looks like it's there and the really good players have been added onto it now and it's going to help elevate them to the next level at the moment. But again, crazy season, anything can happen. So Spurs could honestly, depending on Liverpool, like I said, could finish anywhere from first to sixth. That anything could happen and nothing in there will surprise me. Nothing no. at all. I, I think we're all in the same boat. Um, uh, the thing you're talking about in terms of, uh, you, you know, it, it, it gets to a point where they become mentally exhausted. Yeah. Um, it's it's tough, isn't it, for someone like Jurgen Klopp, where yeah. he's he, he's got this incredible team that he's built, and and the 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 draw would be to keep this team together. But the fact mm. is, and as we've seen over and over again in football, is that it comes to a, that each first eleven has a shelf life, and uh, and um, yeah. there's only so long you can hear the same mo- messages when yeah. that you know you imagine like, like Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's flying, best right back in the world, best best forward-thinking right-back in the world, whatever it is, has the best technique of any right-back in the world. Mm-hmm. It gets to a point and after a year or two when he thinks, I can do this without trying. Or I'm not saying this is what's happened, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just you, you can't be motivated at 100% all of the time. And, and you see like how it's how difficult it is to the, retain... The, the, the elite players can. The elite players can. Like Harry, um, Kane. Harry Kane, Mo Salah, look at him this season. Yeah. He hasn't allowed his standards to drop. Mane... Um, and that's where Liverpool might be all right because what Liverpool have got is a squad full of proper professionals. I mean, proper professionals. And they, it could be a stage where they don't allow themselves to drop. But you can even look at Van Dijk. He's kind of allowed his level to drop a little yeah, bit. Yeah, definitely. They, he's making more mistakes. So, And it's very, very tough to do that. And it's why, like, Messi and Ronaldo, aside from talent, they've managed to keep it up for so It's a freak. And why Ferguson is the greatest manager ever for me. He was able to stay at that same club yeah. and keep them at the top all the time. They saw Ronaldo, their best player. Doesn't matter. We'll freshen up here and we'll still make it work. But they binned out, binned out Yapstam. Um, he, he, was, he wasn't afraid to get rid of Beckham. Yeah, and, and he, he made, made it work. work. Made so, it Harry, work. What, what I think you're saying, what I can, like, from li- like reading between the lines, what I think you're saying <laughs> is Spurs are on for a quadruple. That's what I feel. <laughs> Is it a quadruple? Is it a real quadruple if it's in the Europa League? Does that yes. count as a real yeah, quadruple? Yes, of course it does. All right, then Spurs, if Spurs fans <laughs> want to feel positive, then yes, they're going to win the quadruple. There Beautiful. you go. Harry, so mu- thank you so much, mate. Uh, this has been literally wonderful. It's just sitting here, just being able to ask questions about football. Um, no, thank you. I appreciate it. No, I'm a big fan, so no, I appreciate you inviting me on. Well, let, let, well, I want to get you on more if, you, if you're up for it, so that'd be great. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Harry, 100%. Come on, Spurs, and uh, we'll speak soon. Yes, definitely, mate. Cheers. It's the fight in. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. 
like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.